this, this evening will be in John, and the chapter is 15. John chapter 15. And uh, as we look at the book of John, just to make a few quick notes to understand uh, where we are in the gospel of John, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, this particular gospel was written by the Apostle John, matter of fact, the only one of the apostles to die a natural death. Uh, this is the same John who is known as John the Revelator. He wrote the book of Revelation when he was outcast on the Isle of Patmos. It is uncertain when this particular book was written, but the Gospel of John is written to what they would call seekers, those who were looking for the Christ. Uh, and, and he wanted to examine the life of Christ and, and, and Christians who desired to be strengthened in their faith. So what does this tell you? When you want to take a closer look at the book, uh, at, at the life of Jesus Christ, you go to the book of John. And if you want to find some things to strengthen your faith, you go to the book of John. And John, he focuses specifically on, on faith in Jesus Christ as the son of the living God. And you'll find in this particular book all types of proof or evidence to that, uh, to that, to that end. Also, the major or key word to this particular gospel is the word believe. Believe, you're taking notes. Uh, and so, uh, and, and one of the key verses in this particular book is in John 20, verse 31, where it says, that where it reveals the purpose of John's gospel, that people might believe Jesus is the Son of God and receive eternal life through him. It's very important to understand that Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. Now, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then you believe that Jesus Christ was one with God. And you believe that as they saw Jesus Christ, that he was God. And he was God in the flesh, says his name, Emmanuel. So uh, when you have one who is of such magnificence and such power and such glory, it, 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 should, it, should, uh, it should make us think about uh, a relationship that we have with him. It should make us think about whether or not we truly value the relationship we have with him. Because we have in John chapter 15 where he calls his uh, disciples, he calls them friends. And in John chapter 15, right around, uh, I want you to pick up, read for me, Cheyenne. I want you to start reading for me about verse 8. We'll come on down to 12 for me. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even I, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now I want you to see something. Jesus is telling his disciples, he's, he's, he, 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 remember how we talk about there's, there's, there's telling and then there's teaching. When Jesus here is teaching because He's showing his disciples that he's not asking them to do anything that he has not first done himself. 
he demonstrated his love for the Father by being obedient. And he's saying that his disciples, his disciples will demonstrate their love for him if they choose to be obedient. Go ahead, keep reading. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. See that right there? So now, notice what he's doing there. He says, uh, he says, uh, keep this. He wants now when we hear that he wants us to have joy, but he wants us to have joy in him. This is why he says, abide in my love. Abide <laughs> means to stay in my love. Stay in my love. Stay in my care. Let me care for you, and in my care, you will find true joy. You will find true happiness. That, uh, 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 the type of love that this world uh, could not possibly give to you. But you have to abide in my love. And, 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 and obey my commandments. And the first commandment he gives there, he says, love one another as I have loved you. As you heard Brother Collier pray this morning, he said, Lord, Lord, please uh, continue to teach us how to care for one another. It is absolutely imperative that we learn how to care for each other. And we can only do that by having the mind of Christ, which you see in Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 7, which is not considering the things, considering your things, but considering the things of others, and considering others more important than yourself, and trusting God to take care of you as you take care of others. But when you take care of them, take care of them in his way, not your way. See, our way of taking care tends to leave us empty, leave us lacking, leave us exhausted, leave us overextended. God has a way of teaching us how to take care of one another. And if we do it right, as I care for Sister Broomfield, I don't have to worry because Lee is caring for me. See, and who's caring for Lee? Uh, uh, you know, Leah's caring for Leah. Who's caring for Leah? Uh, 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 Sister Savannah's caring for Leah. And see, everybody's caring for somebody, and nobody's lacking. Nobody's left out. Because we're all looking toward to care for each other. Does that make sense? Amen. Keep on reading, Cheyenne. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Ye are also, ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. See, I call you friends. And if we could pick a title or a subject for this particular lesson, it's simply his friendship. His friendship. Uh, and, and, and you see that in his friendship, God wants us to be truly happy, uh, have true joy. And in his friendship, we're going to find out some things for my first five-minute folks. Uh, what we're going to find out is that his friendship is a privilege. His friendship is a privilege. Then we'll find out that his friendship is a great honor. 
it's a great honor that his friendship could even be possible. It'd be even possible for me to be in friendship with him. And then, and then the, 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 the next point we want to see, I'm dropping stuff. The next point we want to see is, is that his, his friendship, his friendship is productive. His friendship is truly productive. Now, somebody wrote in the long ago, uh, they wrote, somebody knows when I am taunting, and somebody cares when things go wrong. Somebody's love is always there to guide you and make you so strong. I have a friend, and he's above all others. His love is far beyond a brother's. Eternal life is yours to know him, Savior divine, a friend of mine. Friendship is a very important thing. And even what's even more important than friendship is who you choose to build friendships with. And, 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 and it says, see, uh, uh, it's just important. And, for, and, and when we're choosing friendships, there's something that we must always understand. That there shall be and cannot be, or rather there should not be, any friendship above the friendship that I have with God. It's a great honor. And sometimes we've been in this friendship, this relationship so long that we start to take it for granted. I've been around him all this time and he's taking care of me. So, I, you know, I mean, we, and when I say he's your friend, I'm not talking about, he's not, not your homeboy. He's not the one you say, what up, cuz? He's not that. He, he's a friend that you honor, a friend that you respect. You honor and respect him because he honors and respects you. And guess what? He chose to honor and respect you long before you even thought to choose him. Now, people, people say this, this, this kind of thing. They say, uh, well, if he wants to be my friend and he's so interested in being happy, then, uh, me being happy, then why is he so uncompromising when it comes to how I live my life? Why is he so difficult? Why, is he, why does he make things so hard? Well, let me share something with you. Um, and, and, and oftentimes people will say things just like what I just said. Uh, and, and, and what we see here is they say things like, why is God so demanding, so uncompromising when it comes to telling us how to live if he wants to be? If he's my friend, then he's going to support me and live in whatever kind of way I want to live. If he's my friend, he's not going to judge me. If he's my friend, he's going to stay out of my way. If he's my friend, he's going to be happy about what I'm happy about. Joyful about what I'm joyful about. Wanting to do what I want to do. Roll where I want to roll if he's my friend. Well, uh, in a letter to his friend, Arthur Greaves, C.S. Lewis shared a parable uh, that should shed a little light on this. And it was about a dog. And what he said was, 
Supposing you are taking a dog on a lead to a turnstile or past a post. And you know what happens apart from the usual ceremonies in passing a post. He and, and then he tries, after you pass the post, the dog tries to go to the wrong side. And he gets his head looped around the post. Anybody ever walk the dog? Anybody ever seen that happen? You walk with the dog and he just try to reverse the whole thing. And I would hate to see that happen with the Broomfield because their dog is not a dog, he's a horse. And so, so then he gets his head looped around. And he said, you see that he can't do it. Therefore, what do you do? When he gets tangled, you pull him back. Right? But see, uh, uh, and you pull him back because you want to enable him to go forward. And he wants exactly the same thing, namely to go forward. So for that very reason, he resists your pullback. Or if he is an obedient dog, he yields to it reluctantly as a matter of duty, which seems to him to be quite an opposition of his own will. Though in fact, it is only by yielding to you that he will ever succeed in getting where he wants. Lewis went on to say that the dog and its owner both want the same thing, to move forward. Likewise, we want the same thing that God wants for us, to be happy. And like the dog in the parable, we don't know how to make that happen. And in our misguided efforts to do so, we get ourselves all tangled up. And this is what the Bible describes as sin. God, however, knows how to untangle us and get us moving in the right direction. But even this is an understatement, considering the intellectual distance between us and God is infinitely greater than the intellectual distance between a dog and his owner. Now I know owners and their dogs can look alike after that. But you better call somebody when you start to think about it. The day I start to think like cinnamon, come get me. But the thing is, look at what he said there. Look at the intellectual distance between us and God. He said, my ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, are your ways different than my ways? So for him to be so, uh, uh, so much wiser, to be so much smarter, to be so, so much more powerful, and, 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 and so much more involved in what takes place in the universe, for him to stop and choose me to be his friend. It wasn't that I chose him to be my friend. It's that he chose to be my friend. And when you come to understand this, you come to understand that number one, to be a friend, to have friendship with God, his friendship is a privilege. Because his friendship is unlike any friendship you'll ever have on the face of this earth. You have all these people that you call your friends? Well, then I ask you this. Go through your list of friends and find just one, just one, who will give up his life for you. Romans chapter 5 says, Romans chapter 5 says, scarcely, 
Will someone give up their life for a righteous man? Or for any man, let alone a righteous man? Huh? You got a friend like that? You have a friend? I'm talking about all those, all those Facebook friends and, and Snapchat friends and, and, and Instagram friends and all those that you call your friends. We, we use that word. Friend is one of the most overused, disrespected words in the English vocabulary. Because we try to call any and everybody a friend. And the truth of the matter is everybody is not your friend. My mother told me that a long time ago. She said, son, understand. Everybody is not your friend. As a matter of fact, not everybody's going to want to be your friend. It won't matter what you try to do. They just simply won't like you. She said, but don't you get caught up in that. And don't you waste time worrying about it. You make sure you show them the kindness of the Lord. Show them his love, pray for them, and keep on moving. Because as long as you have the approval of Jesus, he's going to be all right. Does that make sense? So when we look at that, uh, uh, John 15, verse 12, go ahead and read that for me, Cheyenne, again. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Keep reading. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Now I'm going to take that part, and I'm going to add it to the part where he said, I no longer call you slaves, because a master, now watch this, a master does not confide in his slaves. Huh? So then when he says, now we, in your Bible he says, I no longer call you friends, but then he says, now you are my friends. Underline the now. Because the now there signifies a new level. Those who have chosen to follow him, Christ has moved them to a new level of intimacy and a new level of insight into his father's will. See, he's, he's, it's a new level and they bring, he's bringing them closer. What do I mean? Uh, 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 so I go to Genesis chapter 5. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, 22 through 24. And Caleb giving me Genesis. Chapter 18, verse 17. Because we know of two other people in the scriptures who were called friends of God. And that was Abraham and Moses. Now, while I'm talking all this, I want you to ask yourself, do you really want to be a friend of God? You may not want God as your friend. He might be too nosy. He might meddle too much. He might be that guy who always messes up your heart. Huh? Now in Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 to 24, read it. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. Methuselah. Mm -hmm. 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the day of Enoch were 365 years. Mm -hmm. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took Now look at that. See what happens there? So now, 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 he's elevated to a different level. A more intimate level. What is that more intimate level? You just read it a couple times there, uh, Cheyenne. The fact that he walked with God. He walked with God. And what does it mean? So, uh, so if, if, if God said, Cheyenne, come on and walk with me. 
just for some reason, somebody said, come on, I want you to take a walk with me. How would you respond to that? He said, let's go. Right? But here's the thing. See, see, and you say, hold up. The master of the universe has called me and asked me to walk with him. He said, why question it? Just go. It, you know, that makes sense to me and you. But you know, I got some folk in here who would say, when God said, come walk with me, they say, where are we going? How long are we going to be there? And when are we coming back? What you got to do all that for? Let's go. He's in yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's in all these places at one time. All you need to know is that you're with him. And see, if we can elevate our friendships, if we can treat our friendships in the faith, if, if we can treat them with that type of level of intimacy, that type of trust. See, I ought to take the fact that you just, that you even talk to me, Cheyenne, or the fact that you asked me to be a part of helping you to get in school and be a part of that. See, you said thank you to me, but I take that as a high privilege. Well. That you asked me to be a part of your educational process. That you asked me to write a letter for you to help you get in school. That's a privilege to me. For you to ask me and allow me, I I I, I don't know how to how to how, I don't know how to respond to that. Of course I have to. And we were talking about that today uh, 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 when he was someone being a counselor there in the camp. And I, and I said, if you want to be a counselor at camp, just say so. I'll take you down there myself. He said, brother, you ain't you don't have to do that. <laughs> and I looked at him like he grew some more hands. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course I don't have to. But this is what we do. This is family. And we support and we love one another. Huh? This is love. And some great urban poet once said, when you love someone, you just don't treat them bad. <laughs> huh? When you claim to love somebody, you don't choose to treat them bad ever. You know why? Because it's a privilege that they'll even talk to and be around you. Huh? We need to be careful, right? I think the sisters were talking about that on Saturday, about how they talk to one another, how you deal with one another. You know what? If you start to consider your friendship with a person a privilege, you'll watch your mouth. Huh? You understand? They don't have to be around you. Right? And so then we see this. It says, and now, now he's going to walk with God. And look at the reward. When he came up and started walking with God, see, walking with God is, is to live the life of, 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 a, of a true child, a disciple. You're walking with him, walking in his footsteps. And it says that if you'll walk with God, the Bible says he walked with God in his beautiful, beautiful image. He said he walked with God and he was. No more. You know what that means? He not didn't die. See, the Bible tells us if you just walk with God faithfully, you'll never die. Huh? To Canaan's land, I'm on my way, where the soul of me never die. See, that eternal part of me will live on forever. Yeah, yeah, if I just choose to walk with God. Then he gives me another level of insight over there in Genesis 18, verse 17. Go ahead and read. The Lord said, 
He said, am I a high place? Abraham was calling on God. He was calling on the Father. He needed encouragement. He needed, he needed to talk to the Lord. And the Lord said, I notice what God is saying. Uh, who has an easy read? Any of the brothers have an easy read Bible? You got an easy read? Uh, the easy read, the ERV. It's right there. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah, turn to it in that one too. 18 verse 17. And I have an easy read right here. Now, the easy read is the, is the you know, kind of like the plain language version. And, and I'm going to read it to Genesis 18, verse 17. And I'm going to have him read it out of the uh, God's Word translation. All right? It says, the Lord said to himself, should I tell Abraham what I am going to do now? Abraham will become, great and will become a great and powerful nation. And all the nations on earth uh, will be blessed because of him. I have made a special agreement with him, and I did this so that he would command his children and descendants to live the way the Lord wants them to. And I did this so that they would live right and be fair. Then I, the Lord, then I, the Lord, can give him what I promised. Go ahead and uh, read that from, from that verse. The Lord said, I shouldn't hide what I'm going to do from Abraham. Mm -hmm. After all, Abraham is going to become a great and mighty nation, and through him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his family after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. You see that? So because of that friendship, the Lord said, I, 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 I can't hide anything from Abraham. I, 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 I'm giving him a promise. And I'm going to give him all the pieces to the puzzle. So I'm not going to hide. And if you have a friendship with God, you never have to worry about not knowing where you're going and not being guided because he's your friend to the end. And he's going to let you know what you need to know as you go along. He won't hide it from you. He's your friend. So that should help us not try to be in such control all the time. Because I have a friend who's above all of us. Huh? And, then, and then the Bible goes on to say, and you can see there in Exodus 33, verse 11, and 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7. Now see, now what I want you to understand, this friendship, this is in point one, it's a privilege. It's a privilege because this is the highest, this is the highest relationship possible between God and man. To be called a friend of God, there's, no, there's nothing better than that. Huh? And then, and then we see here that this friendship, though, is predicated on 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 loving obedience to the to the will of God, to Jesus. And Jesus, as Jesus demonstrated His love to His Father through obedience in verse ten. And see, we also see that Jesus. See, notice here, Jesus chose His friends. Cheyenne. Read uh, 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 John 15, verse 16. See, Jesus chose his friends, and he chose his friends carefully. And there's a message to us there. His friendship teaches us that when we choose friends, and we ought to choose friends, we ought to choose them carefully. Right? So in John uh, chapter uh, 15, verse 16, what's it say? Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and 
that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You see what come with this friendship? Now this friendship was one-sided because he chose us, we didn't choose him. Right? We wouldn't even think about it, but he chose us, right? And see, when we, when we recognize that he has chose us and put us in such a lofty position, that should trigger worship in our hearts. We ought to want to worship him because the word worship means to show affection. So when he has shown this type of affection to me, I ought to want to show the same type of affection to him. I ought not have a problem worshiping the Lord. Because he shows his affection to me always. But then something else. Not only, not only did he did he choose me, he, he appointed, not only did he appoint me, he chose that I be fruitful. So he says, I'm going to choose you and I'm going to make you fruitful. And see, based on the fact that I don't deserve that, that's a trigger some humility. I don't deserve to be chosen. Which one of you can say, I, I deserve everything that comes in the friendship of God? How many of you can say that you deserve the friendship that you have with someone else? Be careful when you start to say, I deserve your friendship. Be careful. Be careful. Because at that moment, you're taking them for granted. And you'll treat them any kind of way. I don't deserve the kindness that you show me. Right, and we got we to get to that point, right? Take, for instance, Lee, on, 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 on one of these old days, one of these old days, and I understand how you feel with the babies and all that, but one of these days, you're going to let me walk with one of those boys. You're going to let me spend time with one of those boys. I don't know what Lee is. She just, she's like, what? One of these days, I'm going I'm to get one of the boys to spend time with him. And when I do that, I want you to understand that I'm going to treat him like he's my very own. You see? And because I take it as a privilege. And so the thing is, when he's with me, see, there's nothing that you'll do for him that I won't do for him. And when he's in my care, just like you'll lay down your life, I'll lay down my life while he's in my care. And see, that's part of being in this body. Everybody, we grow and we're friends and we, 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 we build that friendship predicated on obeying God. So you don't have to worry about me hurting your son because I'm obedient to the master. And the master said, you protect him. You don't hurt him. See, that's how you got to choose your friends carefully. See, if you choose friends who are disobedient to the master, you put yourself at risk. You put not only yourself at risk, but everything you have at risk when you choose those who are not friends with the master. Huh? Remember how we worked, we worked on that about how that so-called friend got you? Remember that? But God worked that out, didn't he? See, so you got to learn. When that happened, God was saying, Lee, let me show you what true friendship is. And sometimes learning that lesson costs something. So, when you look at your friendship with God, then you see it as a privilege. Because if you see it as a privilege, then you be a path to make sure you can worship Him. You make sure you do whatever you got to do to keep your eyes open to hear Him. You make it your business to sit down and study that Word so you can come to know Him. Because it's a privilege to know the Savior divine, a friend of mine. Huh? Then that next point is, it's a great honor. 
And we see this in, 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 in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 14 and verse 17. It is a great honor and, and it, it's a, that it's even possible. When you look at it like that, you say it simply like this. He chose me. But not only did he choose me, he, he, he chose, he appointed me, and then, and then he, he said I was going to produce fruit. Right? So these kind of things should make me grateful. See, and, and he came in and gave me what I didn't deserve and treated me ways that I didn't deserve. And you know what? A true friend will never pay you back when you cross them. A true friend won't pay you back. You know why? They love you too much. And to try to hurt you back will hurt them. Huh? True friends, they sit down. They talk. They communicate. They get it out. That's what prayer is. Huh? You gotta talk to the Lord. Right? Even, 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 even in your relationships that you have with your parents. You have to learn that when you communicate with your parents, learn to communicate with them fully. Don't give them bits and pieces because you think you know how they're gonna. No, you communicate fully. Because by doing that, you invite them into a closer relationship with you. When you open up to them, guess what? You elevate them to, the, uh, to a deeper level of intimacy and insight into your life. Whoever you call your friends, whoever you call your mentors. But see, Jesus is the greatest friend, and no one should ever take his place. Do you have a friend who will do for you what Jesus has done? Do you have one? Because if you do, see, and the reason why I got to say this, because back then, see, rabbis, <coughs> rabbis called their disciples slaves. They called them slaves and servants. Now, remember, they called Jesus rabbi. But he says, I'm not a rabbi like that. Because, see, when you come running to men, men will set up ways to keep you in positions, to keep you subservient, to keep your back bent over. A true friend will help you to stand up. A true friend will stand with you. A true friend will stand against you when you're standing for the wrong thing. A true friend will walk through the fire with you. A true friend wants your best, not their best that they can get out of you. Does that not make sense? So, so this, this is kind of friend, that's what he's going to do. He says, I, I don't consider you slaves. Jesus elevated his followers. And you know what we need to do? We need to elevate those. The, the best friends we have ought to be those that are in Christ Jesus. Hmm? Hmm? You walk around school about all these friends you got in school. No, your true friends are in Jesus. You know why? Because those friends in Jesus are striving to be just like Jesus. And they're going to be merciful to you. They're going to be compassionate to you. They're going to be kind with you. But they're also going to be firm with you when it's time to be firm. And that's part of maturing, a mature friendship. A friendship isn't mature if we can't look out for each other. If I'm too hypersensitive for you to talk to me when something's wrong, there's something wrong with our friendship. That means somebody doesn't trust somebody. See, Jesus trusted his disciples. How do I know? Because he entrusted them with everything his father told them. Huh? He didn't, he didn't, you know how we do, you know how we set up tests for people to see how they're going to do. We, do, we say little crazy stuff or false stuff to see what they're going to do. But see, this is why I don't tell you that. And you'll tell them something crazy that you ain't told nobody else just to see if you hear it back. So when you hear it back, you'll know who said it. Like, see, and this is why I can't stand it. Stay away from me, get away, get away. 
See, who, who are you to set traps like that? Because, I mean, come on. You're not that far from an old refrigerator yourself. You can't keep nothing. As soon as you get it, as soon as you get it, it's gone. Huh? So then when we look at this, so it's an honor. When you, when you really know yourself, and you've heard me say this before, you can't know the goodness of God until you understand just how evil, stubborn, stingy, and, 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 and just obstinate you've been. And when you look at all the things that he's tried to entrust, think about all the stuff that he's entrusted you with. All the times he handed you the ball and you dropped the ball. All the time he tried to trust you and you betrayed him. All those times, I don't deserve it. But it's an honor that he called me. You know, you know what I'm talking about? See, when we talk about, see, maybe some of y'all understand this. See, I get in trouble for always using sports metaphors. But I don't have a singing metaphor for this. That was just crazy. But you always use sports. Everybody here plays sports. Some of us let it in choir. So the thing is, so the thing is, see, I remember we used to be, we used to be on the court, right? Some of y'all know this. When we used to be picking up, my brother Shady McShady over there, you know, we used to be out there and we used to be, you know, picking up teams. And you used to hope that the, the, the dude, the, the weak dude, did not pick you on his team. They're like, five on five, let's pick them up, right? And sometimes, at the center, you had to sign a list and you had to just play with whoever you played with. But sometimes they pick them up and you're like, man, I'll pick them up. Please don't pick them Please don't pick them Please. I came with my, I came with my dude. I want to run with my dude, right? Right? Well, look at Justin over there like, So the thing is, so then when that dude, the weak dude, don't pick you, but the dude who you think you want to be on pitching, well, you're going to play harder. You're going to run faster because you're so glad to be on the team that you wanted to be on. You're going to hustle, boy, because you know good and well. See, this is why we want. And see, the word privilege means something that's afforded only to a small group. And see, the Bible tells us that there's only a small group of people who are going to truly obey and follow the law. Right? So I'm privileged to be in that number. So when we get on, when we get on, we try to run all day, ain't that right, Lee? We try to ball all day. We ain't trying to go off. Right? We're gonna run ourselves into the dirt, but we are not moving on. We used to do that. Play six, seven, eight, ten games straight till it was dark. Brother Bro, remember back then? We were in the chucks. So the thing is, the thing is, see, and we would try to run, but see, sometimes when you got on that weak team, you all said wouldn't play as <laughs> when she was embarrassed to be seen and you'd be point shaking. Mm. <laughs> Mr. Shots, you know you can make it. Yeah. You don't want to be on that squad. Right? So the point is, God, Jesus picked me on the best team. I'm on his team. And so I ought to ball. I ought to ball. You understand? I ought to ball all day and all night. We running from here to eternity. Because we ain't trying to come off. Because I'm glad he thought enough of me to choose me to be on his squad. Because I don't want to play for that other squad. Does that not make sense? See, that's friendship. You heard what I said? This is my dude. I want to run with my dude. The dude I came with. You know, we all used to get in the car, pick up everybody, be all piled up like, like Fat Albert and Gang and, yeah. and a little small car. We, you know, you know, we'd be in like a little, uh, what was it? 
Look at this back in the day. Depends on that. My uncle did have a pinto. A green one. It looked like a little bean. But no, it was that other one. It was a little cost. A green one. It was not back, and we would pack in six, six or eight people in that one car. And most of us over six feet. And we get to the court, we just, yes. and people just keep getting out, keep getting out, stretching and stuff like that. But we try to run all day. We still have to go, to go to people's neighborhoods and take their court over. That's how we got chased out of, uh, we got chased out of, what was that? Where did we go? Where's Sister Barnum used to live over there? Uh, East Gate. East Haven. East Haven. East Haven. East Haven. We got chased out of there. We went over there and we balled so long and dudes was on the side of it was mad. Like, I didn't go up in our neighborhood. <laughs> Take our court. And they live in a colder sack, man. There's one way in and one way out. <laughs> so we had to be gone before dark. We cats had plans. But the thing is, see, you want to be on the right team. So when the Lord picked me on the right team, I'm running with him forever. I'm not coming off. Right? And then we come back to the scripture there, and we understand on that third point that, see, God is going to put me in a productive friendship. In, in Proverbs, uh, I'm sorry, in John chapter 15, verse 16, read that for me again. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, uh -huh. and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Mm -hmm. Now whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, I will give it to you. There's, see, God is going to make you productive in at least three ways in his in the friendship that he has. He's going to make you fruitful. He's going to make you consistent because he's so attentive. I ask you, when you look at some of your friendships right now, how many of your friendships that you have right now are truly productive? And I'm saying spiritually. Productive. So the friendship that help you get closer to the Lord. How many friendships do you have? See, those are those are important friendships that you might know other folk that you've been knowing for a long time. Nobody's saying cast them aside. Yeah, that's your people. But guess what? If they're not adding any spiritual benefit to your life, see, that's a way that Satan can come in, cross that bridge, and keep draining you physically, draining you emotionally. Draining you mentally because he has a doorway in through that friend. Right? Do you want to be made consistent? See, because Jesus is the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I need a consistent friend. I need a friend that's attentive. Meaning he's going to be there. He said, I, he said, I'm going to be, surely I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Right? In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that you can say, what shall man do to me? You don't have a friend like this who can go, who can go from this life across that chilly Jordan and, and stand on the other side of death waiting for you. You don't have a friend. Huh? And see, children, it'll do you well. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 tells you, do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good morals. So if you keep people around you who are conscious, see, see, you need you you need friendships that 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 are that are that are uh, that are productive, not counterproductive. 
So if you keep people around you who are always working against the way you're trying to go, you're going to find yourself fatigued, worn out, and exhausted all the time. You'll be depressed, drugged down. You won't be yourself because the, you try to move forward and the folk around you hustling backwards. That's no good. It doesn't even make sense. Huh? See, so boys, you've got to make sure you've got the right friends because guess what? Everybody outside of Christ, you owe them Christ. But see, you don't owe them the friendship. You can be friendly to them and, and thank you. See, that's something here. He wasn't even here this morning. So the thing is, so the thing is, y'all, see, the thing is, look, you got it, you got it. You know, yes, you have friends in the world, but guess what? You need to be friendly to them. You can be friendly to them, but your true friendship needs to be with Jesus and those in the body. Jesus, see, his closest friends were his followers. His closest friends were those who heard the word of his father and did. Those, that's who you need to be closest to you. And children, that's who you need to be closest to you. Because if Satan can get his hand around you, huh? Satan doesn't care nothing about you. And he'll use you six ways to something. He'll chew you up and spit you out backwards because he simply doesn't care. Mm -hmm. I need somebody that cares for me. And I need somebody who's willing to learn how to care for me. And those in Jesus are willing to learn how to be. Yeah, we had some problems before, but that's water under the bridge. Right? Let's take the hand of Jesus and learn how to heal this thing. Heal the hurt and grow through it. Be better than we were before. Take these lumps and lessons and be mature. Because you know that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to mature us. Put us in mature friendships and relationships. He wants us to, 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 to be on that level. It's a shining example to others to draw others to Christ Jesus. So the bottom line is, if you have not made Jesus your friend, and I'm going to tell you how I know. See, because, as we say, this friendship, and we close that song with says, I cannot tell how much I love him. And I cannot tell all of God's love for me. I only know that it cannot be measured. It's deeper than the sea. And you have not made Jesus your friend if you haven't come and taken his hand. Having heard his word, believe what he said, confess your sins, repented, and, and been baptized for the remission of your sins and added to his body, which is his church. There is no salvation outside of his church, y'all. And I need, need y'all to understand this, and the reason why I'm saying this, you see, I can remember a time in my life, I can remember a time in my life when I had to learn this, 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 this I had to learn this, this friendship firsthand. I can remember at a time in my life, uh, where, where, where I was where I was one day, well, I found myself in a situation where I was accosted by an older man. And I was still young at the time. This grown man who was fondling and feeling and doing things to me. And I can remember that day because uh, I thought I knew him and we were riding together and he, and, and, and he said he was looking for this address, but the address didn't exist. And I was looking out the window before I know it, his hands were in places they shouldn't have been. 
and I felt the rage within me rise. But as the car was moving, so I said, I can't do anything right now because if he goes, I go too. And I don't want to be found like this. And so we kept driving and we found an area and we turned that corner. I said, it's right here, just stop right here. And at that time I had all a million different thoughts going through my mind. A million different thoughts. When he stopped, when he stopped, we'll just put it this way, he stopped. And when I got out of that car, I was walking and I didn't know where to go. I was all by myself. Feeling, feeling uh, dejected, feeling hurt, feeling confused. How and why did this happen to me? But I dare not blame my Lord and Master. But I kept walking and I went to a friend's house who was like, who was, you know, supposed to be like a brother to me. And I went to his house and I walked in there and I told him, man, I, I said, man, I gotta talk to you, I gotta tell you something. And I told him what happened. And he nearly fell to the floor laughing. So at that moment, you know, they say, you know, uh, these things can cause very deep wounds and cause you to go directions that are against God. My friend I had gone to, he laughed at me. Probably because he didn't know what to say or how to deal with me. But he laughed at me. And so I left his house and I just kept on walking and I was all by myself. Still feeling angry, still feeling confused, still feeling hurt. Many thoughts went through my mind, but then I remembered that I have a friend, and he's above all of us. He's closer than a brother. And I believe that day his love guided me all the way home. Because there were many other ways I could have went. When people go through these things, they go, they go toward chemical abuse. They go, they go through all these other things to try to heal the pain that's inside. And believe you, I was hurt. But none of that was going to fix me. I kept hearing God say, I love you. See, and you got to understand this about a friendship with Jesus. Jesus came to be your friend, but didn't nobody else want to be by with you. Did you know that? You may not have seen it, but you, when you were at a time when nobody else had nothing for you and couldn't, and you got to understand, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, his disciples were the lowest of the low. Huh? Then nobody want them folks. See, see, people, and it's hard. See, look, look, nobody loves you when you're down and out now. You can't find anybody. And they didn't have anything. And it's hard when you ain't bringing nothing to the table. And nobody wants to be bothering you, but you're not bringing nothing to the table. When you just come in the table and not bringing anything, you're not giving anything. But Jesus was willing to be my friend when I had nothing at all. And he was your friend when you had nothing. He was your friend when nobody wanted to be bothered. He was your friend when they had used you up. He, he was your friend when, he, when they had taken the value out of you and disrespected you and called you everything but a child of God. He was still your friend. And he was my friend. And his love, and, I, and as I walked, I kept singing. See, when we talk about why do we sing, you know why we sing? We sing because this is what God authorized us to do. 
because he gave us an instrument that doesn't have to be plugged into anything except him. See, those instruments in the denominations, see, those are, that's, for, that's for men. But God gave us, he said, I gave you the instrument, a heart, a new heart that I reformed. And the only one that plays that heart is me, which is why he said in Ephesians 5, 19, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. When we sing songs, we encourage one another. When we sing songs, we encourage ourselves. And as I was walking down that road, I kept singing songs to myself. Won't it be wonderful there? Father along, he'll understand. As I walked down that long road, and Mama was too far away to help me. Mama had to work. There was nobody for me to talk to but Jesus. And his sweet, common voice healed the hurt inside. Amen. And kept me on the straight and narrow. And he kept me from hating people and trying to hurt other people because they hurt me. He taught me how to say, Father, forgive them. For he knew not what he was doing. He didn't understand me. Pray for him. Forgive him. Huh? That's what true friends learn to do. They learn when you're not yourself. They learn. So I, I don't tell that story to over-dramatize, but I tell you that to show you that as I walked, it was just Jesus and me. And he showed me how to get through that without being caught up in all kind of other unproductive and dangerous types of habits and ways of dealing with the pain inside. And you know what? Jesus wouldn't let me think less of myself. He wouldn't let me think less of myself. I tried to think less of myself. He said, you can't. Because I shaped you within in my image. I tried to stay, stay stuck on that stuff, but I, he said, you can't because I forgive it. I tried to blame myself. You can't blame yourself because I forgive it. And see, when the sun has set you free, you've been set free indeed. Amen. Find another friend that can set you free, like the friend Jesus. His friendship, there's none better. Pick your friends carefully. Build your friendships and manage them in this way so that they be productive to glory. So you can glorify God in your life. Magnify God. Be an example. Be their shining light. And we can be in purpose. Yes, sometimes we will be hurt. Sometimes we'll be angry. But guess what? We can keep on moving. Keep on moving. Because later on in John 15, what you find is, he says, look, 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 look. A servant is not greater than his master. And if they mistreated me, they showed up on mistreat you. But guess what? He didn't tell us how they'll mistreat us. They just weep because he chose us. So you can expect to be mistreated in some ways. You can't walk around sensitive all the time. Things are going to happen. That's why you don't call for the acceptance of this world. You stand steadfast. In love of Jesus Christ. Come on and be a child of God tonight. If you were here, it's not by accident. So, so come on and leave man-made religion alone. Leave, leave, leave Reverend alone. Leave Bishop alone. Come to serve the, the, the good shepherd in John chapter 10. Mm -hmm. The one good shepherd. Come be a part of his body where you can be, become a Christian only.
group, no Baptists or Protestants, Pentecostals, or anything like that. Those things don't exist in your Bible. And if you're calling yourself that, you're not saved. Salvation is only found in the name of Jesus Christ. And you can put on his, you can put on his name by coming down here and being baptized for the remission of your sins. Have all your sins washed away, raised and walked in the newness of life, and added to his body, which is the church. And I have to let you know all the time that there's just one church in which you can be saved. Because there's just one church that you can find in your body. The one that was blood bought by God with the blood of his dear son. So if you want to become a Christian, do that. Don't waste the time because you don't have the next moment. He's standing there, and like we put on our car, all day long he reaches his hand out to an obstinate people. You know what? He wants to make friends with you. Why won't you be friends with him? Christians, if you've been fighting his friendship, if he's been trying to set you free, but you keep holding on to the stuff that he's trying to free you from, you're in sin. If you keep torturing yourself, you're in sin. Because he has set you free. Stop being frustrated for nothing and trust in the Lord. And let the Lord deal with these situations because he can see it all, he knows it all, and has it all in the palm of his hand. Stop worrying. Because we know somebody who can do absolutely anything. Won't you come to Jesus? If you need prayer, just ask for prayer. Like, you know what? I've been fighting against Jesus' friendship. I've been running from Jesus' friendship. And I ought not do that. I need to turn around and go back to his friendship. Huh? huh? Like, me, like, like you and I talked about, Sister Paul, you, we going to run from God. And Sister Paul was talking, she was like, yeah, like Jonah. <laughs> like Jonah. I'm like, you know, that's right. <laughs> just like Jonah. Like, you know Jonah tried to run. I said, you know you're right. And that fish swallowed him and kept him in there until he got his mind right. I said, you know you're right. We was pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Run to the Lord. Huh? Children, children, choose your friends carefully. Jesus will never mislead you for betray you. For all of you there. Won't you come? All the same.